Thank you so much for being a part of our service today. We're in a series called Adulting. It's not just aimed at millennials, all right? It's for everybody because we discussed last week that everybody, no matter what age you are, it doesn't matter if you're retirement age or a child, that we all have areas in our life that we need to grow up. And so we're so glad that you've chosen to be with us for this series, and we just thank God for you. Our prayers go out to the people of Texas. Another shooting this week, and oh God, just help us, help us know how to address this problem and what to do. And uh, so I want to take a minute and just pray for those people right now. God, we lift up the people of Texas to you who've lost students, loved ones in this horrific shooting, Lord. We pray for those families. We pray for comfort and encouragement. We pray for the school, for wisdom with the officials to know what to do and how to handle this mass tragedy. And for those that are in the hospital, Lord, suffering, uh, Lord, we just pray for their healing. We lift them before you. We pray for wisdom for our president and for all those in positions of authority and for those that are law enforcement officials, that, Lord, we know how to best protect our students, Lord. And we just thank you that one day we know that all evil will be banished. All sin, all pain, all death will be gone. So, Lord, in the meantime, we trust you. We ask that you would help these families and strengthen them. Encourage them today, Lord. Send Christians alongside of them to minister to them. Help us to be faithful to pray for those victims and those families. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so we're wanting all of us to grow up and to become more like Jesus Christ. Every week I'm going to give you a couple of memes, a little picture with a saying on it couple for you this morning. Adulthood is like looking both ways before you cross the street and then getting hit by an airplane. <laughs> that would be Matt over here. He's, he's the pilot. So if you get hit by an airplane crossing the street, it's probably Matt with Samaritan's Purse. No. Listen, sometimes life comes at you fast and hard and no matter how hard you look, no matter how precautious you are, things hit you hard and fast. And that's the world that we live in. Now, I want you to understand that God's not picking on you. You need to know that. You're having tough times in your life and you feel like you look both ways and you cross the street and some tragedy still hits you. God's not picking on you. We live in a broken, fallen world and God loves you and he's the only hope for this world. Uh, another, another meme for you, this is a good one. That horrifying moment when you're looking for an adult but you realize that you are an adult. So you look around for an older adult, an adultier adult, someone better at adulting than you. <laughs> You know, it, for me, it, it was my parents. They're still with us. My dad, he's not mentally with us. Uh, my mom is mentally and physically with us, although she's suffering. But my grandparents, they were great, and I always looked to them for wisdom. But they're, they're all gone ahead now, on to heaven. Thank God they were believers. They know Jesus Christ. But it is difficult. And so we're talking about adulting and how we can do it better. This series really is about uh, six, uh, six building blocks to maturity. So in the six weeks of this series, we're going to look at six different things. We're going to look at character that was last week. Everything that we do comes out of who we are inside. And God says out of the heart proceed every, proceeds everything from your life. So there has to be character built from within. And that was last week. If you miss it, you can go online and get that message. Priorities, that's today. We're going to talk about how to prioritize our life in such a way that when things come into our life, opportunities come that we're ready for them. We're going to talk about that today. Next week, purpose. What is the real purpose for our life? May, many people, I would say most people on this planet, never really discover 
the true purpose for their life. And then uh, the last three weeks, a balance on balancing work and, uh, and uh, pleasure and rest, generosity, and then leadership. And so we're ending up on, uh, with Father's Day and on leadership and talking about that. So we hope you'll be with us. Our key verse for this series is 1 Corinthians 13, 11. You know the love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways. Every one of us, we have still some remnants of childhood in us. I wish you could have had a videotape of me the last two weekends. We were with my kids and my grandkids running around the house like a madman playing hide and seek. Hide and seek is the thing I do with my grandkids. And I got actually in this little little fort, like little tent, like this big around the last two weekends. And I felt like I was a kid again. It was so much fun. So if you haven't had fun with your kids or grandkids doing something like that, uh, that's a part of adulting, okay? It doesn't seem like adulting. But I promise you, it really is. Okay, so you got to have some fun. you got to have a good time. So today we're talking about priorities for our life. And so the first thing I'd like you to remember today is this. I will seize time and opportunity. The Bible talks about both. It talks about chronological time, and it talks about opportunity. And I want you to look at a verse this morning that gives us both of those in one snapshot, and that's Acts chapter 1. Verse 7, Acts chapter 1, verse 7 says, He said to them, It is not for you to know the times. That's the Greek word there's chronos. We get the word chronology or chronological from that. Or the seasons. And that's kairos. That means opportunity. That's a, a, an opportunity for you. It's not for you to know the times or the seasons. You don't always know exactly what's coming on. That the Father has fixed by his own authority. So this morning I want to talk to you about those two concepts as we look at seizing our life and seizing our time and seizing the opportunities God's given us. Let's look first at chronos. Chronos is this. It's minutes, hours, days, months, years, decades, millennia. That's chronos. It's chronological time. It has to do with quantity. Uh, Just real quick off the top of your head, how many minutes are in a day? Nobody, you didn't study that this week? Come on, you need to keep up on that. 1,440 minutes, uh, 1,440 minutes in a day, okay? 60 minutes in every hour, 24 hours, 1,440 minutes in a day. You, when those are gone, you never get them back. That's an investment that if you make, it can last into eternity. But if you miss it, and you miss the opportunity of every moment, if you miss the time that God has given you to seize those minutes and use them well in the quantity of the time that God gives you on the earth. And none of us know when our days are finished. The Bible says that we have been appointed, and it's been appointed to man once to die. You don't have an appointment with death. We don't know when it could be. I don't want to be uh, somber, but some of us could check out this week. We, we don't know. But we are told that we're to capitalize upon the time that God gives us and the minutes that God gives us. So I'm going to seize time and opportunity. So quantity of time is chronos, minutes, hours, days, and so forth. Now, if this is important to remember. If you're disciplined in the chronos, in your chronological time, your use of time every week and every day, if you're disciplined in the chronos, you will be able to take advantage of the kairos, the opportunities that come your way. Let me give you an example. This week and last week, well, last week we thought the baby was coming. This week the baby did come. 
And so I had to leave town earlier than, uh, than I planned to. And I had to go down and be with my daughter and help out with the grandkids. But you know what? I had been working ahead on my Kronos for a couple of months now. I've been working on this series. And I actually had my outline ready this week by uh, Wednesday. So I was sitting in Trail Life and I got a message about my dad who had an episode it's kind of a catastrophic event in his life where he ended up going into a home. And my daughter, at the same time, was going into labor. Now, if I had not been using my chronological time that God had given me, and I try to be a faithful steward, and I want you to know all your pastors and all the leaders on our leadership team, everybody here, I believe they're great stewards of their time. They're really disciplined people who use their time. We're not perfect. Sometimes we waste time, I'm sure. But we try to be disciplined in our chronos, in our chronological time, so that when an opportunity, when a kairos moment comes to have a baby or to check your dad in a nursing home or help out with those kind of things, you'll be ready for it. But if you're not using your chronological time wisely, and then some opportunity or some event comes in your life to interrupt that, then you're all flustered. You're torn apart. You don't know how to, ha how to handle that. And then you feel bad about walking away in that Kairos moment. So if you're disciplined in the Kronos, you'll be able to take advantage of the Kairos. Okay? If you fail to plan, you what? What's the rest of that? If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. So you've got to plan your life. The Bible says God, man makes the plans, but God's the one who carries them out. So we have to make plans. We have to plan our life and our schedule. And we have to be good stewards of the time that God gives us. But then God can interrupt that schedule. We have to be flexible. But in the meantime, we use every minute that we have. But if we fail to plan, then we're planning to fail. All right? Now, uh, so we got to take advantage of our opportunities and use them well. Now, some of you don't know this. Millennials might really be interested in this. There are adulting stickers. You know what? When you was a kid, you go to Sunday school and you get a sticker, or you go somewhere and you get a sticker. I found some memes. You can get them on Amazon. Some of you adults might even want to get these because it's been a long time since I had a sticker. But here's some of the adulting memes about use of time. Here's the, the, the millennials particularly, uh, they, when they get an achievement in their time, in their chronological time, they're looking for stickers. And, and I'm, I think I'm going to order some of these for, for the whole church. No, maybe just for me. Here's, here's the first one. This week, I drove without swearing. I did not binge watch. I fixed it myself. Pastor Gabe talked about that the other week. Don't call Pastor Gabe. He don't know how to fix nothing. Okay? I made my bed. I matched my socks. I took only one selfie. I didn't spend all the money. I did not have ramen for dinner. You college students can really appreciate that, right? I didn't lose my keys. I ate a vegetable. I showered today. Thank God for that. I got off the couch by noon. I did, by noon. I did the dishes. I went to bed before midnight. I didn't wear yoga pants. You, I didn't even hear it. I know I missed a good one. They obviously didn't go to Walmart. Uh, I saw a doctor. I saw a real doctor, uh, not WebMD. And I didn't check my phone for an hour-ish. 
All right. So you can order some stickers to uh, give some uh, pat on your back when you're adulting well, and that's just all in good fun. But if you plan to fail, if you, if you fail to plan, you, you plan to fail. So that's chronos, using our chronological time that God's given us, being a good steward. It doesn't matter if you're a student in grade school or if you're retired. Or maybe now some of you, like me and Joanna, we're at a stage in our life where the kids are out of the house. The grandkids are not on our doorstep, so we can choose when we go to visit and when they come to visit. Uh, and we have a little more time on our hands. Well, you have to reevaluate your life at that point and say, what am I going to do? I'm not going to sit around and watch TV all day. I'm not going to scroll through the Internet all day. I'm going to use my time. So you have to re constantly be reevaluating how you're going to use your chronological time. Let me ask you a question. How well are you doing? Well, you say, well, my, my life is pretty programmed out. I work 40, 50, 60 hours a week. I don't have that much time left over time. I mow the yard and do all those things. But listen, here's the real question. Number one, are you, are you adulting well at work? Are you being responsible, staying off the phone, not using the boss's money and time to just waste time scrolling up? But another thing is this. In your expendable time, the time that you are off, the time that you have free to yourself to choose to do what you want to do, how are you using that time? Are you planning it well? Are you building balance into your life as well? We'll talk about that in a couple of weeks' time. Now, I want to talk to you about not about chronos, but about kairos. K-A-I-R-O-S. Kairos is the Greek word. It means opportunity, and it refers to the quality of our life. Not the quantity of ours, uh, but the quality of the time that we use and the opportunities that we take. It's about open doors. When God opens a door for you, to get into somebody's life or to share the gospel or to help somebody, to be kind to somebody, to be generous to somebody. It's about an open door. It's about a Kodak moment. Remember those Kodak commercials when they take cute pictures years ago of the little children and they say it was a Kodak moment? That's a Kairos moment. That's a moment which doesn't come around all the time. And when it comes, you need to have used your time so well that you don't feel guilty about taking that opportunity to sit still for a moment and to use that opportunity. It's about carpe diem, seize the day, seizing the day, seizing the opportunity that God gives you, striking while the iron is hot. Last week, I was buying some things for an illustration I'm going to use today, and I was in the Dollar Tree. That, that's the only store that we can afford as a church. We go into the Dollar Tree and buy all our stuff for illustration. Just kidding. Went into the Dollar Tree, and I was paying, and the people were looking at me like, what is all that stuff for? And they actually said, you're getting ready to build something, right? And I said, well, not exactly. And I said, I'm a pastor at Celebration Church, and uh, this is what I'm going to do with it. And all the people were like, that's cool. Have a great service, and I'll walk out the door. I realized I hadn't invited anybody. I missed my Kairos moment. So I walked back in the door with my goods in hand, and I said, hey, look, we're up at, at Celebration Way on the old Boone Trail Road, and uh, we're in the old Union School building, and our services are 1030 on Sunday morning. I tried to redeem that almost lost Kairos opportunity. Now, how are we doing on that? We're trying to create a culture of an invite here in our church and we're trying to do things with excellence with our music and with our first impressions and with our children, as you heard from Ryan this morning. And we're trying to do things well so that when people come, they literally get spoken to by God's Holy Spirit through his word and through the songs that we sing about him and that it ministers to them. But we've got to get people here. So what, what Kairos opportunities is God going to give you this week? 
So when you're at work or when you're at school or when you're at the gym, be looking for those opportunities. Uh, this week I was working out in the gym with Pastor Brian, and he was just using every moment to talk to the guys that came in, a uh, young man from our church. He's been working out with Brian. Just using that, those moments in the gym to do double duty, not only to get fit, but to actually do something to redeem that time with a person. So be looking for those opportunities. It's striking while the iron is hot. It's making hay while the sun shines. It's doing the opportunity of ministry that God gives us at the moment. That's what Kairos is all about. So I will seize the time and opportunity. And here, I want you to write this down. I need to evaluate the opportunity. I need to evaluate the opportunity. And we do this as a church a lot of times. And sometimes we, we upset people because here's the deal. We're very specific in the things that we decide to do here as a church. We don't try to put too much on you. We don't try to put too much on ourselves. We don't try to over-program. We're very selective in the things that we choose to do. And we have to evaluate that. Really, we do it by two different questions. And these are good for your life when opportunities come your way. Number one is this. Does the opportunity fulfill your mission, vision, and values in life? Does the opportunity fulfill your mission, vision, and values in life? Now, Pastor Chris went over our, our kind of core beliefs this morning. Our, our mission statements is that we believe that people ought to be growing up, stepping up. Uh, 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 they ought to be looking up to God in worship. They ought to be stepping up in service. Uh, this all about all of those things. And so everything that is offered to us as a church to do, we have to say, does it fit into our mission and values? Now, you need to know what our church values are, but what about you personally? What is your mission in life? We're going to talk about next week our purpose for life. Every one of us has purpose. We're going to talk about that next week. But do you know what your purpose is? Have you written down your life statement, your mission statement? Mine is something like this. I want to be an encourager to people in church and out of church to come to know Jesus Christ. So I try to be encouraging in everything I do. I try to point people to Jesus in everything I do. Do I always do it? No, I fail. But that, I know what it is. I know what my mission and purpose and values are. And so I have to say when an opportunity comes my way, does this fit into our mission, values, and purpose? So I'll talk to the leadership team. Or I'll talk to our pastors and say, guys, how does, this, how does this fit in with what we're doing? And so sometimes opportunities come to the church that we decline because they don't fit into that. And you need to have that in your life. And the second question I like to ask is this. Does the kairos, does the opportunity serve others in a positive way? Listen, it's not about you. Your life is not about you. My life is not about me. Our lives, if we follow Jesus, who, who was the servant of all, he, he, even the Son of Man came not to be ministered to, but to minister and to give his life a servant to many. Uh, Mark 10, 45, I think that is. So our lives are not about ourselves. So there's an opportunity... Now, there can be opportunities for you, too, but really through any opportunity that, that benefits you, the other question you should be asking yourself is, how is it going to help other people? How is it going to help Celebration Church? How is it going to help the mission of Jesus Christ? Does, it serve, does this kairos serve in a positive way? To, does it help serve in a positive way, others in a positive way? One example of that in the Old Testament is Esther. I love the story of Esther. My wife is a wonderful teacher of the book of Esther. It's one of her favorite books. Esther chapter 4 verse 14, her uncle says to her, who knows 
whether thou art come to the kingdom for a time as this. Here's the deal. Her people were in trouble. She was a Jewish maiden. She was in a far country far away. And her uncle said to her, you've got to go before the king and talk to him about our people because God's brought you into this kingdom, this foreign kingdom, this hostile environment. He's brought you here for a purpose. And that purpose is that you might advance the kingdom of God. Now, this young woman, she had a decision to make because you couldn't come into the presence of the king without being summoned. And without being summoned, she followed the call of God and she walked into the presence of the king and he didn't kill her because God had a, a kairos moment for her. It brought about changes to her nation. It brought about changes to her people. It brought hope to her people. And when God gives us opportunities, you need to realize, you need to remember, let this verse echo in your head. Who knows whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? In other words, another way to say it in, in our vernacular today is this. God has you here right now for a reason. In your present job, in your present family situation, in your church life, in your family life, God has you in your gym. He has you everywhere you are right now because this is the time for you to shine. In fact, I want you to write that down. Now is your opportunity where you are. Here's what I find a lot, not just about millennials, but about us older people. Here's what I find to be very true. We're always looking for that big opportunity somewhere at the end of the rainbow, right? One day when my ship comes in, hopefully I won't be at the airport. One day when I win the lottery, I'll help people. One day when I get free of all this and I retire. I'm going to serve God. No, your Kairos moment and your Kronos time is now. Now is the time to serve God. While your kids are young or while they're out of the house. While you're doing well financially or while you're doing poorly financially. While you're in a job that you're thriving in or love or whether you're in one that you're struggling in. God has you where you are at the moment for a purpose. And now is the opportunity to bloom where you're planted. If you can go to work with that attitude this week, and I know we're winding down school. We're going to honor our graduates of college and high school in a couple of weeks' time. And your teachers are really glad. Your parents, you're kind of ambivalent, like, I'm not so sure I'm glad about school getting out or not. But whatever, wherever you're going, to school, to teach, to the gym, it's your moment to shine for Jesus. You are the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. So stop looking for that big opportunity at the end of the rainbow. Maybe it'll come someday, but maybe it won't. For most of us, it's just a matter of day by day. Last week, we talked about the mundane. Much of life is about the mundane, the changing of diapers and the mowing the yard and, and the doing of the things that are not really exciting and fascinating, but God has called us to it day by day. So shine where you are. Use the opportunity that God has given you. So now is the opportunity where you are to bloom where you're planted. So would you write this down? I will set priorities. Last week we had a couple of, uh, we had three young ladies up here. Uh, one of them uh, is gone to Alaska for the summer, Jenna Kamazin. I was supposed to bring her up last week and forgot, and her mom wrote me this searing letter. No, I'm just kidding. She didn't really. I prayed with her uh, this week before she flew out, 
Sorry we forgot that opportunity. But Jenna's in Alaska. She's working up there this summer, so be praying for her. But we had three young ladies. This week, I need a young man, a millennial, preferably 18 to 35. Somebody want to volunteer? A young man. I'm looking for a young man because we gave the young ladies an opportunity. Any young men? Any young men? Anyone? Anyone? Okay, come on up. Come on up. Come on up. Come on up. Come on. Uh, Somebody was pouring that Bob Ernest, but Bob, you don't qualify, dude. I don't have enough hair, man. Come on, bring it. You got to remind me your name. Jonah, come on up, Jonah. Come on up. How old are you, Jonah? 18. Uh, are you out of school yet? Not yet. This year? Yeah. Fantastic. Congratulations. Give it up for Jonah, all right? <laughs> Jonah, I have an exercise for you I want you to help me with. All right, so I want you to hold this right here for me. I'm going to take the lid off. All right, this is what uh, I was working on in the Dollar Tree this week. All right, so this... We're going to call this our life, okay? This is our life. It's full of little tiny pebbles, the incidental things, the mundane things, all the things that we have to do every day and that, that fill up a lot of our life and a lot of our time. Now, this is the rock, not Dwayne. This is the rock, and these have big rocks in it, which we're going to call opportunities. These are our priorities in life. These should be priorities in life. And so I want, you to, I want you to take them out one at a time, and, and you've got to put them in here, and you've got to get them all in here and put the lid, lid on it when you're done, okay? You think you can do it? Give it a, you're a big guy. You can probably crush them with your bare hands, right, Jonah? All right, so you've got to tell us what it says on each of the ones. Community and country. Community and country. Now, on the other side, what does it say? God. God. So every one of these big rocks have God on one side because he's a He's, a, he's ahead of not just the first part of our life, but everything. God, and then it says community and country. So just put that one in, and then take the next one out and read to us what it says. It's going to be God on one side, and then what? That was a hard one to opportunity. read. Opportunity. Okay, let's put the opportunity in there. Opportunity comes along. We want to grab those opportunities and use them. Money. Money. Okay, money is not an evil thing. The love of money is what's evil. Rest. Rest. The Bible talks about rest a lot. Getting kind of full here, Bubba. Okay, church. Okay, church should be a priority in our life. All right. School. School. All right, school. I know it's almost out for summer, but it's a priority education. Work. Work. Work is very important. We have to, I mean, I think we're running into problems here. Okay, what, what else we got? Family. Family. Okay, can, can you kind of maybe compress them down or anything? You don't think it's going to work? I'll tell you what, let's, let's try something else. Let's take them and put the big rocks in first, and then we're going to see if we can get the little pebbles in. Okay, so we got eight big rocks, and they're just a sample. There's more, and uh, you've got to decide what God says should be priorities in your life, and you got to put the big rocks in first. Okay, all the little things will fill up all your time if you do it the other way, and you won't be able to get the most important things in your life. Now, I want you to take this. There's a little handle part here. And uh, if you could just kind of pour them in here and see if we can get them all in now. Okay. You, you dropped an opportunity just out the door there. Okay. Yeah, okay, great. Jonah, thank you. Now, let's see. We can get the lid on. I think we can get the lid on here because our life needs to be all together. And we get it there. Good job, man. Jonah, give it up for Jonah. All right. Great job, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. Congratulations on graduation. So, hey, here's the deal. 
If you let all the little incidental things, your, your texts and your emails, and maybe your job's about texts and emails, and that, that would be important, but all the incidental things in life, if you let it, if you put those in your life first, then you don't leave room for the, the things that are priorities in your life, your life is going to be out of balance. It's going to be out of kilter. It's not going to be significant. All of us want to be significant. If we're going to be significant, then we've got to get the big rocks in first. They have to be priorities in our life. So let's just look at a few of those big rocks today. We talked about a few there. Some of these are similar. But I want you to open your Bibles and look at a couple of the big rocks that we've got to get in our life. Mark chapter 8, verse 36. The first one is God. God should be the very... He, he was on every one of those rocks. Because some people say... Well, you got to put God first, and then after that, then you got your family, and you got your church life, and you got your ministry life. But no, it's God, church, God, family. God, God is ahead of every part of our life. That's what it means when the Bible says, in all things, God must have the preeminence. On every rock and every priority of our life, God takes first place. So the verse that I have for that one this morning, there could be many, is Mark 8, 36. And I think about this verse so much. When I see people texting online and writing about how not important it is to be in church and that you don't have to be in church to honor God and all this rubbish really is not founded upon anything in the scriptures, just based upon people's excuses, all right? Here's what Mark 8.36 says, and I think about it so often. It says this, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? Man, that is big. You fill up your, rock, your, your bucket of your life with everything else, and you're doing well maybe in everything else. Maybe your finances are good. Maybe your family life is stellar. Maybe your kids are healthy. Maybe everything in your life is looking good. But what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his soul? And the last part of that verse says, what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Is God first in every area of your life? If he's not, friend, you're missing you're missing the main reason that you're here. We'll talk about next week, our purpose. Our purpose is to fellowship with God. Now, are you putting God at the head of every single part of your life? What shall it profit a man? And if you don't remember anything else from this message today, please remember that verse. What shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his soul? Family. These are not in any particular order. Obviously, God needs to be first, and family needs to be way up there. But family, in Psalm 127, verse 1, and we're talking not just about your biological family, but about your spiritual family, about the church. Some people think church is not important. Jesus said, I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The church is God's program. His ministry means for your life and for mine and for reaching this world for Christ. And Psalm 127 verse 1 says this. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. Listen, like I said before, no matter what's going right in your life, unless the Lord is in control of your family, unless the Lord is in control of this church, I'm not the head of this church. I'm a, 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 an under-shepherd under Jesus Christ, and your other pastors are under-shepherds. Jesus Christ is the head of this church. And unless he's building this church, and unless he's building your family and your home upon the foundational principles in the word of God and your relationship and your love relationship to him, unless the Lord's building your house, you're laboring in vain. I don't know about you. What does it mean to labor in vain? It means to labor with no real result. 
Do you want that? I don't want that. I don't want to get to the end of my life and say, what did I do? Now, you don't have to be a preacher standing on a stage to honor God with your life. You can honor God in any field of business or work or homemaker or student at the moment. Whatever God's led you to do. But unless God is building your home and your life, you're laboring in vain. I want to talk for a minute about that, about priorities. What are you teaching your children if everything else always takes priority over the church. Anytime there's a sport event, anytime there's a fun event. Now, I'm not saying don't take vacations. I'm going to take some vacation time this summer, get away. I won't be here a week or two this summer. I'll be gone. Okay, I'm not talking about vacation. But every time something comes into your life that sounds fun or exciting or is a sport event or something to pull you away and you take your children to that and don't teach them the priority of being here in God's with God's people together as the church and being in life groups and studying and growing together in God, if you teach them that everything else takes priority over to the church, you're laboring in vain on your home. We need to evaluate our priorities and how we use our time and how faithful we are to the things of God here in the church and out in the community. So God and family, number three, work. Psalm chapter 90, verse 12 I love this verse. Psalm 90 verse 12 says this. Lord, so teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. So teach us to number our days. That means to assign value. That we may get a heart of wisdom. I had a guy who came to work with us in South Africa. He was a Philadelphia lawyer before that. And he said, attorneys bill on a 10-minute cycle. Every 10 minutes, they're billing. They're accounting for their time every 10 minutes. Now, let's just imagine that every minute of your life, just imagine for a minute, every minute of your life, the 1,440 minutes in a day, every minute of your life is worth $100. What's 1,440 times 100? A lot. Okay? Think with me for a minute. What is more valuable than your time? Your time, your talent, and your treasure, that's all you have. But without the time, without the chronological time, and without using that time, you're going to get on the other side of eternity, and you're going to step into heaven, and your reward, getting into heaven has nothing to do with your works. But when you trust Christ, then your life belongs to him, and the Bible says that God's going to evaluate the way that you've lived your life when you get to heaven. Some of you are not really excited about getting to heaven, and you know why? Because you're not sending anything on ahead. You're investing everything here. Everything is about pleasure for the now and now and not sending anything on and investing in eternity. You can't take it with you, but you can send it on ahead. You can write that down. You can't take it with you. You've never seen a hearse carrying a U-Haul. You cannot take it with you, but the Bible says you can take it ahead and in a couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about generosity. So our work, teach us to number, to assign value to our days, to our minutes, that we may get a heart of wisdom. Every minute that clicks off the clock, that you're not using it for the glory of God, you need to evaluate what that's costing. Next, love. We're talking about the great commandment. Here in our, some of our, all of our classes, we talk about the great commandment. And the great commission. The great commandment is this. Matthew twenty-two thirty-six 36 says this. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? 
And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. This is about mission, folks. The great commandment says we have to love people. We got to love God and we got to love people. Love God and love people. You say, well, man, I love God, but I don't care much about people. You, something's wrong. If a man says he loves God and hates his brother, he is a what? The Bible says he's a liar. Our mission in life is to love God and to love people. And then the mission involves also Matthew 28, 18 through 20 says this. Jesus came to came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now, this is just before Jesus ascended into heaven. His last words were very important. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. Uh, Dustin knew my points this week because he prepares these things for our screen. And he sent me this little... Uh, chart, like a pie chart, talking about the Great Commission. And the interview was, how many people that claim to be Christians know what the Great Commission is and can, can basically summarize it? Do you know what percentage of professing Christians even knew what the Great Commission was and could articulate it? 17%. Less than one in five people in churches could even tell you what the Great Commission is. Listen, if we ever stop talking about reaching people for Jesus, we need to close the doors. We have a commission, and it's great. And God says, go into the world and capitalize on opportunities. Use your time, but use the opportunities to share Christ with people. So as the next step for this week, I want you to write this down. I will prioritize the big rocks first. Most people, I would think it's safe to say, most people take all the little incidentals of life and it fills up all their schedule. 1,440 minutes a day, including sleeping time. And it fills in, but they leave all the big rocks out. You got to get the big rocks in first. What priorities are you teaching to your children? What priorities are you teaching to the people that you work with? How are you modeling the Christian life to people around you? Some of you used to be on fire for Jesus, but now somehow you're off and you're sour and you're bitter. You're living in the past about how things used to be, but you're missing the present of what God wants for you right now. There's never a vacation time for a Christian from the things of God. You need to get back up on the horse and ride again and start using your time and taking the opportunities and loving God and get a fresh and sweet spirit from the Holy Spirit of God who can transform your life and invest it for all of eternity. If we're going to make eternity count, if we're going to invest in eternity and send things on ahead, we have to prioritize our life. Would you pray with me? Every head bowed and every eye closed. Now, first, I want to talk to Christians. I believe most of you here know, especially right now, because we just talked about what the Great Commandment and the Great Commission is. But if we're really being honest, we've let some of the big rocks slip out of our life. And things that have filled in are insignificant, not really that important, certainly not critical, not priorities. 
but you've just pushed God right out. And you've pushed family life out. You've got no time for your family. You've pushed the stewardship of God's finances in your life out. You've pushed the priority, the things that should be priorities in your life out in one way or another. And I'm including myself here. And how many of you will say with me, yeah, there's some areas in my life that I need to adult better on. Would you raise your hand with me? My hand is up. There's some areas in my life that I need to adult better on. I'm failing in some areas. And so right now we're going to all say together, God help me. Would you say it with me? God help me. Now some of you have never trusted Christ as your Savior. The biggest rock that can ever come into your life is the rock of Jesus Christ who came to save you from your sins. And what shall it profit the, a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? That applies to men, women, boys, and girls. Maybe you've never trusted Christ. He's not in you. You're not in him. He's not a part of your life. He's not true savior in your life. Would you cry out to him right now in your heart and say something like this? Dear God, I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I believe that Jesus died for me on a cross and was buried and rose again so that I might have eternal life. Right now, I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I invite you to come into my life and be the number one priority in my life. I ask you to be my Savior, Lord. Lord, come into my life and make me your child. If you prayed that prayer today, I'd like to know about it. All over the room, just slip up your hand. Today, you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior. Would you hold your hand up? Anyone at all in the whole building, boy or girl, man or woman, had a little girl last week that talked to me about Christ. She had trusted Christ a few weeks ago, but she was a little timid about talking to somebody about it. Maybe that's you. But today you want to say, I, I profess Jesus as my Savior. Anybody at all. If you need to talk to us, we'll be around after the service in the lobby. We can help you with that, that you can know Christ as your Lord and Savior. And you can build your life upon that which is significant. Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray that you would help us now to do today what we'll be glad we've done when we stand before you in eternity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand with us as we sing?